Hey everybody, welcome back to Urban Meyer's Pint House. It's Thursday night, you know it's weekend kickoff. It's brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. We are back for another week, another big Ohio State game to preview. We'll probably spend more time looking back on what happened at Penn State than dwelling on Rutgers, but uh, that's Saturday night, a prime time showdown. And Ohio State actually gets to play a team that's won a game, so that's, that's a nice little bonus. Uh, that's always good. 38-25 on Saturday night at Penn State. Uh, Bobby Carpenter, Anthony Schlegel, Michael Bennett, and Cardell Jones, thanks for coming back to hang out with us. Guys, uh, two in the books and a yeah. chance for number three this week. What did you make of the win at Penn State? Um, it's the first time I've ever seen points scored during halftime. <laughs> so that was definitely something that was uh, revolutionary in the sport, and that there was really no ever explanation given for how it transpired. Seemed like there'd be a lot of ways to check if two seconds came off the clock, Bob. And they said the clock, the explanation that I guess they gave Ryan was the time on the clock was different like, than the time on the field. I, I, I think it was, there's some sort of matrix going on that they weren't really sure how that worked. I'm like, can you please explain to me where else that time is being kept? Like, this isn't soccer. Like, it, it's, it's on the board. What else? What's the purpose of it being up there? It's what you're basing all your decisions off of. Obviously, that was a little bit of an anomaly. But outside of that, you know, you could probably, if you want to look at the negatives, the running game got going for the most part. I still think there's some work to do there. Uh, Sean Wade didn't play particularly well, and that's holding him to an incredibly high standard mm-hmm. of what he can potentially be. You know, Justin looked as advertised like he, like he has all year. Offensive line played pretty well. I thought the D-line stepped up. But this, this Penn State team, it was really an overmatched team from the get-go. Like, this isn't the Penn State team you saw last year, the year before, you know, with Saquon Barkley or Miles Sanders or guys like that running around. You know, th- this, is, this was a watered-down version of that without Journey Brown, without Micah Parsons. They're leaning on Fryer, Muth, they had Dotson, obviously. They had some talent out there. But this team was not the elite-level talent uh, Penn State teams that we were accustomed to seeing. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Bob. And I'll just and I know that Michael wants to talk about the D-line. I'm sure you can talk about the quarterback hey, playing the wide receivers. Everybody can talk about the D-line. Because they've been outstanding, especially for a weakness that everybody thought was coming in. But I'll let you – I digress, and I'll let you take care of that. But that being <laughs> no, said – Don't you digress I mean, me. Don't, don't you digress me. Yeah, sometimes on morning juice I just say random things. But I'll talk about the linebackers. I thought the linebackers played really well. You go look at Bear Brown, and he was one-on-one matchup with uh, their tight end, Fairmuth. They're in the corner yeah. of the end zone. Fryer, 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 Fryer Tuck. Fryer Tuck. Fryer Tuck. He should, his first name should be, what's his first name? Pat? Sure. Okay. So anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, so he had a great play. I thought that uh, Tuff Borland and Pete Warner really did a good job stopping the run. They only gave up 44 yards running, but a lot of that has to do with the fits, and the fits were better this game because of the D-line, and I think that that's something that you get to work out. Again, everybody forgets this is week two. We didn't have any non-conference games. We didn't get to see Nebraska on tape prior to playing them, so now we had a week of seeing what Penn State likes to do. Those against Indiana, I thought the, deep, the linebackers played really well, and also Pete Warner in coverage, man, looks really, really good, just like we thought he would, which is why he's playing the will position, Bennett. Yeah, Schlegs alluded to it. I think the D-line had a, a breakout performance. Um, you could see the energy was different. Tommy Togiai came out with three sacks, which is unbelievable mm. for a nose guard and uh haskell garrett every time he was in there showed that he was a game changer so i think that d line is is a lot safer than we thought it was i mean the ends did a great job jonathan cooper came off the ball like a, a missile a lot of times was able to blow up those read options um like we had a human u- meat missile a meat human. missile okay i'll <laughs> yeah. say that on the show sometimes cardell Boy, we're, slung we're a pushing. meat missile the other day when he got a we got a deer on my property pushing the envelope <laughs> early tonight i love it all right <laughs> 
But yeah, the D-line looked great from, you know, defensive end all the way to the interior. They were game changers. They were able to stop the run, put pressure on that quarterback to make Dotson uh, a little bit less of a factor until late in the game. And then he really started uh, causing us a little bit of trouble. But overall, I thought the defense looked great. Uh, you know, we got hit up by a stellar receiver. That happens sometimes. You would hope that they can put packages in there to not leave um, a cornerback on an island with them. But that, if, if you're going to... Sean Wade's a good cornerback to leave on an island. I can't wait till B.B. Landers gets here. I, th I think we, I checked like two weeks ago, and he had three sacks from that nose position in his whole career. <laughs> it's big, man. You don't understand how big three sacks game. in the game. On a prime time night game, that's well, three boy. sacks, that's, that's big money time. right there. Tommy, well, I made a, that's B.B.'s boy. Tommy, that's his boy. <laughs> and we made a pretty big deal about Chase Young getting four last year, so mm -hmm. that wasn't coming yeah, from nose. Give some love to the big man. Yeah. He deserves it. Yeah, no, you got to love it. You can tell Ohio State emphasis was to stop the run because the only thing we thought Penn State would have this year is the ability to run the ball with the quarterback yep. losing so many guys um, in the backfield. And, you know, giving up 40, 45 yards rushing, but some couple of big plays in the past game, it's going to happen. But I'm more impressed with our two wide receivers, Wilson and Olave. I mean, them guys just take turns just – if I was Justin back there, it's just like, okay, Chris over there, I just throw it in that area. And it looked like that with a couple of the passes, definitely the one Chris caught in the corner of the end zone. I mean, you couldn't have, he couldn't have walked that ball there and handed it to me better than that. But it just shows you the trust and the confidence that he having them two receivers, and it's going to be a fun year for them. Cardell, you had a pretty, pretty good deep threat, one of the best, I think, in Ohio State history to throw to during that title run. But Chris Olave seems like he's starting to make a run for that, with the, what he's built over his career. I mean, for sure. I mean, and – you don't think of him as a deep threat, but you think of him as get the ball to his hands, make him make a guy miss and take it 80 yards. But, right. I mean, these last couple of weeks, other than that that free catch he could have had against Nebraska, dropping the end zone, coming down, landing on his head. I mean, the guy is a deep threat, and he can track the ball with the best of them in the country. All right, still a lot of season to go. Uh, Cardell, obviously, uh, we got the memo that we could wear shorts again in November, but uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever temperatures uh, this winter brings, whenever that starts, whatever technical issues you may have, uh, Cosby Heating and Cooling is your factory authorized Bryant Heating and Cooling Dinner uh, dealer, and they're ready to help. Uh, Cosby is committed to doing whatever it takes to keep you and your family healthy and feeling comfortable all year long. Whether you need a quick fix or a whole new heating system, Cosby Heating and Cooling has the best solution for you and your budget. Schedule your appointment today at CosbyHC.com. Bryant and Cosby Heating and Cooling doing whatever it takes. Buckeyes did whatever it takes at Penn State, boys. Absolutely. Sometimes it takes wearing a, you know, a Hot hat, gloves, winter coat, and then all of a sudden you have to retransition back into shorts and yep. sandals yeah. because it's 70 degrees again. <laughs> it's November. So anytime people complain about Ohio weather or weather in the Midwest, you, you forget these days. You only remember the bad ones, <laughs> the days where it's gray, 38, rainy, awful. You forget the fact that we've had like about a week of beautiful weather that you're so confused as you're not sure what's going on right now. So Ohio State, you know, with this vaunted passing attack, it was cold, a little, it was cold on Saturday. But, I mean, if you can get weather like this Saturday night at the shoe, yeah. I mean, Justin Fields might throw for 1,000 yards. Like, it doesn't, this is San Diego. This is San Diego <laughs> yeah, weather out exactly. here. Exactly. You, know, you can exactly. wear long Pretty sleeves, nice. short sleeves, no humidity, minimal breeze. Like, this, it doesn't get any better than this. Yeah, you always get nervous for a November night game in the horseshoe. Like, well, this could get really ugly. I mean, I think that Illinois oh. one, maybe when, when Mike was around, Cardale, maybe that was after your time, but pouring down rain and oh. JT was having Cold to hold rain. up the Illabuck like, at night, and that was just a miserable experience. And, you know, I was told earlier this week that Ohio State could expect maybe one more night game uh, starting to look like that could be Indiana under the lights oh, as yeah. they try and make up the inventory. Second best team in the Big Ten East, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah boy, think, think about that. You got Purdue, Northwestern, is. Indiana, and Ohio State. Four unbeaten to the Big Ten. That could be determined. 
who goes to the 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 Big Ten championship out of the East? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what like, you think about just it. like we all yeah, threw it up. I mean, Indiana I'll, ain't doing anything. Tell me another team in the East that hasn't lost. Uh, 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 nobody. Ohio State and Indiana, I think those are the two. 2020, baby. And it's funny, kind of like what you were saying about the weather, right? So you go look at that game. It's cold. It's nasty outside. We missed two field goals. When's the last time we missed two field goals in a game? That's something they got to fix. But, oh, by the way. Probably Penn State in 2016. Oh. One of them might have been blocked, Boy. I think. Yeah. <laughs> For a tutty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way. But, then, but then last week, it was the first time ever in Ohio State history that two wide receivers in back-to-back games got over 100 yards. How about that? That's to Cardale's point. I mean, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are playing at such a high level. I don't know if you truly go blindfold if you're Justin Fields, but, I mean, what those guys are bringing – what Jamison Williams, that's still kind of an untapped oh, yeah. resource for the Buckeyes. The receiving core, it's as deep and talented as, as I can remember seeing. It's crazy, Cardale. I mean, that's just that's got to make you want to put the pads on. I know it For does. sure. I was literally just talking about the receiving core Tuesday, and um, actually with a former Buckeye, Joe um, Burrow, actually at Cincinnati. And I was just saying, man. Nice right, humble you know, brag. Right yeah, exactly. <laughs> just slipped him in. You guys don't know Joe from yeah, Cincinnati? Yeah, he got a, yeah. yeah, the guy with the Heisman. He won a Heisman like yeah. trophy last Buckeye, year. Yeah, like freaking baby, the best percentage in freaking college history or something like that. But anyway, um, and I always rave about him. Like, dude, you got you, you were so blessed and so lucky to have an unbelievable receiving core at LSU last year. I'm like, but look at the guys at Ohio State. And he said the same thing I said. I was like, dude, I will probably take them against the guys at LSU last year. Mm, definitely. That's how good they are. So to put that in perspective, and I, I like to reference Brian Hartline because he's the coach, played seven years in the NFL, he's played with some really good teams, uh, really good, talented receivers in the NFL, Brandon Marshall you know, and guys like that. And then here, when he was a freshman, he's playing on a team that had you know, Santonio Holmes, Andy Gonzalez, and Ted Ginn. Mm. Three guys that were all first-round draft picks within two years of yeah. each other. So we always want to, you know, everything's the latest and greatest, but those guys did it, you know, 15 years, 12, 15 years ago. They were right there. And then Brian Hartline's like, this is the most talented room I've been around. I mean, and, and him saying that, it's like, I mean, that's it's real. The freshman coming in, all these guys, and it's not just that they're very talented and skilled, it's the fact that they all have a desire to get better and they know they have to be better to get on the field. Like those freshmen coming in, Dude, it's it's a grind. Like they're just not passing out reps. This isn't trick or treat. No, right. You got to go it's, earn those reps. No, you can tell it's trick very competitive in that room for sure. Trick or treat. Where's my reps? <laughs> <laughs> trick or treat. Throw me a touchdown. Oh, the, the lights on. It always says take one. <laughs> well, Dump that whole ball well, in there yeah, run yeah. off. Yeah. Olave took two. Jeremy Ruckert took two. There's a lot of options for the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. Whatever it takes. Players of the week. Uh, I'm gonna start. Not with Bobby. Cardale can go first. Oh, this I week. see you, Cardale. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to go away from Justin. And I, I got two players, and uh, two guys I already mentioned, uh, Olave and uh, Garrett. Yeah. I mean, guys go for 100 yards two weeks back-to-back and definitely on a – I mean, is it really a big stage when there's no crowd noise and no <laughs> fans? But still, it's a big stage. It's a big stage. It's a night game, a lot online. Like I said before, it's not a long season. One loss can really bite you in the butt very fast. So, But I'm going with those two receivers stepping up the way they did and um, pretty much being – you used to have him one secure, uh, safety blanket as a quarterback, but he legit has two and a lot of guys to compliment them guys. So I'm going with those two guys. Listen, man, I know the receivers had a great game. <laughs> I think there should be four people saying Tommy Togiai. Three sacks as a nose guard on primetime television against a solid Penn State team in a must-win game, coming off a game where the D-line wasn't impressive. We were wondering if that's going to be a problem. You know, Haskell Garrett looked like he was the only saving grace of that D-line. To have Tommy Togiai step up, as that other piece to get three sacks in a big-time game, that, to me, that has to be 
the choice because he just, you know, as a D lineman, I guess I understand how hard it is. You see in Dominican Sue, how many three sack games did he have in college? Well, that man's a freak. Because like, people, people don't realize, and you can attest to this, when you're on the inside, you can get pinched down. And double, double teams are easy to get to right there. A tackle, you have to hang a tight end. Eh, not a great option. Chip with the running back. Get a slide. You know, get a guard over there, but you can still kind of hit the edge. Inside, like, all they got to do is boop, pinch yep. down, like, oh, they there's They can just two throw guys. a hand at you, and that yeah. counts as a double team. You, to be able to – Give you a handy. And you saw a lot of those handy. weren't just him just straight up beating people. It was hustle. He was mirroring the, mirroring the quarterback. He was paying attention. He was running his, his uh, assignment properly. I thought that was an incredible performance by him. I'm really happy for the young man, and I hope that bodes well for the rest of the year. And the reason that we don't all say Tommy Toe guys all, is because we, we love that. to share the love, <laughs> yeah, right? And, and part love. of the reason that Tommy Toe I was able to have three sacks is because the defensive end were keeping him in the pocket. No doubt. So I would say, so I have three. Oh, oh. oh. Yeah, I, I knew like you that. would. We're I breaking you rules yeah. now. Right, huh? no, we'll yeah. leave some love for yeah. the rest of us. Yeah, well, well you, guys, you guys won't pick mine. So I had Jonathan Cooper, right? So Definitely. I thought Jonathan had a really good game. He had half a sack, but he played lights out. I mean, yeah. again, setting the edge, that was one thing that we saw in Nebraska. Like, there was no edge set until they got it corrected at halftime. But I thought he did a phenomenal job. I thought Pete Werner did a great job covering the tight end and stuff they were making plays. Oh, by the way, Justin Hillard. Yeah, I said him. Why? Because he got a false positive COVID test. <laughs> I can only imagine being being a player right now. If you if don't I, have to imagine because you were about the same age yes, as Justin exactly, Hillary. Because he's going to be seventh year. <laughs> he's like yes. 26 like you were. Yeah, exactly. Six years out of high 30 school. 30 years old, already probably balding, right? <laughs> already on his first kid. <laughs> he might sit back there. Yeah, that's right. Can see 2005. Anyway, that being said, <laughs> that being said, I digress. Um, you know, the fact that you could get a, a false negative or a false positive and then get a PCR and say that you're negative still travel with the team, oh, by the way, still be on the sideline and not be able to participate absolutely blows my mind. Well, so the, the fact that he didn't absolutely lose his cool mind, yeah. and just smash people and just take somebody's helmet and put it on and just go play is beyond me. So he's, he's an impact player. Right, it seems, Schlegs, hold on, though. It seems that he's also a COVID trailblazer because the Big Ten has now recognized what a very stupid rule that is. Oh, they come out with like, some today? And they have said today. they're trying to get all those PCR tests because Ohio State gave Justin Hilliard one that came back quickly enough so that they knew it was safe for him to be around the team. They knew it was a false positive. So Ohio State took it upon themselves to get the test? Yes. Wrap it? Oh, and now, okay, not the Big Ten. Now the, rest, now the rest of the Big Ten has seen that that works. They've seen that it's ridiculous for a false positive to keep a player on the sideline. That also happened to, I believe, Penn State the week before at Indiana. The hardest part, and teams were terrified of this, when you're on the road, what happens? Because you have different resources for different teams. For sure. So now that's going to be available to everybody. Yeah, why couldn't you just call up the home team? Like, what are we talking about? Well, find, find an answer. Yeah, I asked, a solution. We asked Ryan Day solution about that for institutions. earlier today, and he was like, you know, he just says these things. Like, well, it seems like it's common sense, and it wasn't. because, And he basically just said it this way. We had to make, a, we had to make an agreement so that we could play. And then now they're just looking back at all the other things, like no fans, which that's probably going to change in a couple weeks. Uh, the, the ability to have a false positive on game day and come back. 21 days sitting I, out. I want, Bob to, I want Bob to go and give his answer, but I'll also say this. Right now the Big Ten is talking about having fans in the stands. Let's go look, look at the priorities here, people. we got 21 days where you can't play. That's absolute asinine. you got a fact where you get a false positive, then you still can't play, but yeah, you can travel team. Absolute asinine. they got their priorities backwards. Figure out how you can have safe competition and do it to where the guys can go play before you start putting fans in the stands. Like, have a pecking order. Get a whiteboard. Bob, attack and dominate. 
I think they have whiteboards. They should have them. They my don't guy, have them. Somebody guy, send it to them. My guy's going to be one of the under, un, under unsung heroes kind of at this defense. You know, he's moved around a lot through his career, and I feel like he's finally found a home. He was injured some last year. He's finally hitting his stride. But I'm going to go with you know, a guy close to my heart, Baron Browning, one of the linebackers. Made some plays yes. out there Saturday night. He's doing what they're asking ask him to do, and one of the things they're asking him to do is do what you do well. We're not going to ask you to sit in the middle and be the middle linebacker, rush off the edge, cover some tight ends, fly around and be athletic and make plays. You're an edge guy in high school. We're going to ask you to do more of that again. And so I'm enjoying watching him fill in this role because, you know, they're not, it's not important in the Big Ten. Like, as sad as this is, these games are almost all predetermined. But he's going to have to be a player for them to be able to beat the Clemsons, the Alabamas, the Georgias, teams like that, because he's an elite athlete and has high-level production. I'd like to, I'd like to add to that, because until you said it, I Do guess it. I didn't really understand the depth of how important his coverage yeah. of Fryermuth was. I told because you. He's great. Fryermuth's good. It was good. great. Yeah, Fryermuth could have been a real problem for us Saturday night. And, and Browning, he did a great job sticking with him, being a hassle for him all night. I, I second that. Yeah, that whatever incredible. it takes, right? That might be setting the edge, right? That might be covering a tight end. That mm-hmm. might be rushing. I mean, like, not all, all glorious. It's, it's not just one fixed position. Like, they're moving them around. And when you move people around, that means they have to understand exactly what they're doing in the position that you put them in. Poof, David Copperfield. All right, so you brought up Pete Warner. You brought up Baron Browning. So I'm going to be the, the third honorary linebacker do down it. here. Do it. You should do it. I, I was blown away Say by Tuff Borland on Saturday night, and the stat sheet may not entirely reflect it. I think he finished with five, one for loss. He was third on the team. He was blowing, blowing stuff up. He was running plays down, which I know that, that that's the knock, that he doesn't run a 4-3-40, which uh, not many, no middle linebacker that I'm aware of uh, runs it that fast. You two guys can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but uh, this guy, Zach Bourne broke it down. The co- two different coaching staffs have said that he's got to be out there. They've picked him to be a starter. He's a three-time captain. And I just, have a, I just don't really understand why there's so much criticism of Tough Borland. So when he has a big game like that, I enjoy it because I defend him and, and so many you other people attack him. him. Well, because he's playing the position that's best for him, and then they have Baron Browning and Pete Warner playing the positions beside him that are best for them. And so Pete can accent what Tough maybe has deficiencies in, and Tough can take care of everything inside that they don't have to worry about now. And that's, like, that's how a defense works. It's pieces of a puzzle. Some pieces are bigger in certain areas. Some are smaller. Some are weird-shaped, like drawing of freaking county maps and everything else. <laughs> but, like, literally, it's like, what do you do well? And can we find guys that do stuff well that's different than you, that accent, yep. that can help fit, fill in and be a part of it? Like, you don't want – not that you don't want four guys rushing the passer that can't play the run. Like – you have to have guys that, hey, you're better at this, you're better at that. We can rotate, figure some stuff out. You're good in coverage. You're great at diagnosing things in the pocket. You've got another guy who is very versatile, can move around. All in tough. By the way, you're great at calling the defense and getting everybody lined up. Like, that's a skill. Not everybody possesses that stuff. And so having guys, get, say, Coach used to say, get in where you fit in. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, this is where you fit. You have a big piece, some small piece sometimes. Sometimes it's a little bigger. When you play teams, you want to line up and pound the ball. But being able to have position versatility within a – a unit room is very, very important. I like full disclosure. I was not a fan of Tough Borland the last couple of years. I, I did not realize he was a three-time captain. I don't know what, if, if anybody realized. Like, I don't know how many three-time captains were in high school. JT Harris the only one. That's a quarterback, big-time quarterback who broke every record there is to break. So I agree. What he did on Saturday was great. People expect, I think especially at Ohio State, somebody that 
looks the part a little bit more and has those uh, measurable athleticism that Tuff might not quite possess. I think he looks better this year than he did last year. I think he looked better this year than he did his sophomore year by quite a bit. So I, I think the young man has grown into his position. He's obviously been a leader for quite a while, and it'll be exciting to watch what he can do between those tackles. Like Bobby said, they're going to ask him to do what he's capable of doing, right. and he's very, very good at that. Obviously. And part of that reason is because why? He came back off of Achilles after six months last year, yeah. right? So we forget yeah. that, and then we look at 2018 of why was the entire defense bad, and everybody wants to look at the linebackers. Well, everybody was bad because when you're 18 and 22 years old, in my case 24, right, you're, co you're coached to do what <laughs> – you do what you're coached to do. Yeah. And so that's why the defense sucked because there was bad communication from the D.C. to the position coaches to then the players because nobody knew what was going on. And then we're going to berate kids yep. based upon what they're doing. But that's exactly what they're coached to do. And last year, he had a, he had a decent year, right, with his best no. Did he look, you know, super athletic and fast? I thought he actually chased the ball down pretty well and pursued sideline to sideline. But he was definitely – you know, hampered by that. And then we talk about Master Teague and his ability. He's six months removed from that, right? And we talked yeah. about Trey Sermon. He had an ACL. Like, they're just, they're not hitting their stride yet, right? Because you got to get those early games in. And then they would start to feel it out and understand what their body can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. But we are seeing him probably more comfortable in the defense. But, it, but being a linebacker, able to have fits, able to, able to diagnose and respond quickly and trust your training – also is a testament to the defensive line because if they get pushed back or there's a ton of darkness and you try to play the light, you might be a step or two off. Vice versa, though. Yeah, for sure. The line can't do what they, can't, what they do if they don't trust the defensive uh, or the linebackers to be able to run over top and make the plays. Boom, it's like this. It's beautiful. It's a fit. It's harmony. It's mesh. Hey, it's B.B. Landers. Hey, what's, what's up, up man? Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> don't find me. Okay. We don't, we don't issue fines. You just have to drink uh, a Coors Light before you get your bourbon tonight. Look at that, man. Look at that. He has a short sleeve hoodie on. Hey, uh, hey I got that from hey, you. Hey, put up the fist. Bedazzled. Stop. Don't stop. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, B.B., is Tommy Togia any good? You said what? Is Tommy Togia any good? The fact that you asked me that question is already answered. Of course he is. Uh... You know, Tommy's a phenomenal player. Just watching him grow when I was there at one point and then watching the way that he's playing now, I feel like he's definitely representing Holt down the middle and, and playing the nose guard position at a high, high level. Mm -hmm. And then it, it really helps that him and Haskell Garrett lately have been complimenting the hell out of each other. <laughs> Not going to lie to you. Now, I think, and I brought this up with Mike, I believe you finished your career with three sacks. And Tommy got that in one night on Saturday. Mm -hmm. You don't like, understand how hard it is. That's oh, how hard it is. I'm not, that's hard. not an insult. No, that's not, that's just Stop not. Right on that yeah, no. <laughs> you can, you can win as an right interior on. D lineman, <laughs> and that quarterback will just roll out. It's hard to win as an interior D lineman and actually come away with the set. I like we got two guys from the same position that can just talk about it and be. Be careful. This is going to become a defensive yeah, tackle. <laughs> just Sorry, guys. Look at Cardell over there. He's just getting nervous. He always belongs in fiber, man. <laughs> Doesn't have any offensive line protection. <laughs> oh, he does yeah. have the buyer's auto question of the week, Cardale. I know you've been quiet. You've been thinking oh, yes. about Yes, this is big time uh -oh. ball here. You can send it every week uh, at buyer's auto, at Letterman Row on Twitter. And you didn't want to make Justin your player of the week, but the question was where can this guy still get better? Um, you can always improve all aspects of the game. Um, oh, I that's think a, a quarterback bit, answer. Yeah, but I think a little <laughs> bit. I think a little bit of decision making. I mean, I I I highlighted the catch that Chris had in the corner end zone, but it was into double coverage. I right. mean, that ball couldn't have been nowhere else. Um, and I would think um, I will like him. I said this numerous of times. Uh, take less hits. You know, knowing when the play is over, throw the ball away, live the fight another down, and you know you don't need to take that hit with the two guys running up the middle at you. Just you know, drop down, throw the ball away. So. Um, 
decision making and protecting himself a little better. So I think areas that he can improve his game and areas that he's going to take the next step. You had a little bit of this to your game where you knew that you could shake off a hit. You had more speed than I think people gave you credit for. Oh, to appreciate extend it. Some plays. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't say it. you. I didn't say you were blazing, Sneaky. but I, more than people gave you credit <laughs> no. for. But you could make some plays and extend them. Like, what's the quarterback calculus? How do you know? when that time is and, w and when you can rely on your athleticism? Um, I think it all depends on down the distance and situation. I mean, it's a couple of times I had to lower my shoulder or try to run through a guy that might have been bigger than me because he might have been where I already predicted where the first down or need to get to a manageable third down may be. Yeah. Um, so it's all about situational awareness. I mean, each play before the quarterback goes, he's looking at the play clock, he's looking at the down the distance, he's going to look at what you need in that, in that route concept or that run game. So here's the situational awareness. Cardell realized the situation was the defensive tackle in front of him probably could outrun him. So he's going to have to try to run him over. And, and you need to know which one of these defensive tackles. No, and you need to know your strengths and weaknesses. I know okay. my strength is when I get running full speed straight ahead, I'm good. But I got to change directions, I'm screwed. Yeah. So if I try to change directions. Mass so, fatigue over here. Exactly. So if I try to change directions and try to go around a defense line, I might look back and he might, you know, hit the back of my shoes and I might triple fall. So I try to go through him. <laughs> Maybe we pick, we picked our players of the game. Are you picking anyone other than Togiai, or what do you? I'm going Haskell Garrett. Me personally, okay. I respect it. We're just going to cover the entire defense. All right, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a quick break too. Uh, this has been this is weekend kickoff. It's brought to you by Heating and Cooling Systems. We got a lot more show to go, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, we're taking a quick break uh, on the Bryant Heating and Cooling weekend kickoff for Letterman Row. Cosby Heating and Cooling special uh, guest with us tonight. It's Paul. Hanging Eddie. out with us, Paul Eddie. Eddie. You know, sometimes I don't take the best notes, but, uh, you know, appreciate you coming out and hanging out with us and talking about Buckeyes football and talking about heating and cooling. It's I'm wearing shorts tonight, but uh, it's about that time where you got to make sure that everything is right with your home. Everything needs to be right with your home. Um, it is a great time. When it's mild like this, that way we don't get uh, crushed by all the no-heat calls and those sorts of things. <laughs> so what, what do people – what's the number one thing that people aren't really aware about when they need to – run their home, come, they need to go see Cosby. Uh, what do they not know about they need for their house? Um, typically, they don't, need, they don't know that they need to change their filter. Yeah. One of those simple, simplest things they can do. And to get their unit maintained every year. And that way they're not calling us when it's zero outside. If we've had a chance to look at their equipment, um, pretty typically after that look at the maintenance call, we're not back out again yeah. in, in that same season. So, And I know you were telling me when you walked up here tonight and you, just about you know your employees and, and your company, like there are a lot of different ways that you can make yourself a career. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, the trades are, are, are a great place for people to go. Um, we try to push everybody towards college, and there's a lot of people that um, either A, don't want to go to college, or B, Shouldn't go to college. Yeah. <laughs> and the trades are, are, are wonderful. Um, within short period of time, you can be up and, and, and actually doing work for a company and making what I would consider to be good money right. in, in that period of time. Um, you know, and, the, and, the, and the other side of that is you're also helping people in that, yeah. um, giving consumers things that they need. I think I've heard that uh, throughout this since Bryant Heating and Cooling's been involved with Weekend Kickoff, all the different ways that, you know, help. Like, just 
air filters at this time of year. It's like a new thing that, I've, that I'm hearing more about. <laughs> and, and, you, and you're going to hear a lot of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, you got to uh, have it. And, and you, quite frankly, you need a professional, somebody that knows what they're talking about, to be able to walk you through that whole process. If somebody just comes out and says, hey, you need a new style of filter, that may not be exactly what you need. Um, there are people that will just basically sell you a new filter because they can. Right. And that's, that's really not sometimes the best thing for you. That's why they need to hit up uh, CosbyHC.com. Cosby Heating and Cooling got the professionals to take care of you, right? I mean, there that's you go. that's the deal. All right. Yep. Got a, what do you got a score prediction for Saturday night here? Um, 48-17. 48-17. I like another one. He doesn't even have to say who's going to no, win. He's got that right here on the chest. It's our friend Paul from Cosby uh, Heating and Cooling. CosbyHC.com. Make sure you check it out as that weather gets colder and I get out of shorts eventually. Paul, thanks, man. All right. Thank you. We'll be back to the show. It takes attention to detail. With your local Bryant dealer, you're getting more than just a technician. You're getting someone who pays attention to your needs and the little things that make a big difference. It takes a dealer you can rely on. And to keep your family warm this winter, here, let me show you how this works. It takes Bryant. Bryant. Whatever it takes. And to keep your family comfortable, it takes Cosby Heating and Cooling. Find them at CosbyHC.com. All right, welcome back to Weekend Kickoff, brought to you by Brian Heating and Cooling Systems. Got just an absolutely huge ball game, boys. Saturday night, mighty, mighty Rutgers, the Scarlet Knights. Just, I, I can't contain my excitement. You get a huge game like oh, this. Greg Schiano's return to the show. <laughs> just bursting with storyline. Well, I, I mean, look on the bright side. I think this might be the lowest spread Ohio State has got against Rutgers since... Ever. What is it, 28? 30, no, 37. 37 and a half. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, but, no, seriously, I think it's like the lowest spread ever that they have. So, the let me, <laughs> we're going to get to the silver bullet picks here in a minute, but how high would the spread have to be for you to take Rutgers? 37 67. and a half. That's getting Whoa. Okay. Well, I didn't That's think that was coming. Well, <laughs> that was a spoiler alert. You get into the point, like, you just have to be trying to cover the spread at some point. Yeah. Like, they want to get some guys in. They want to get some guys playing. That's what I'm saying. That's five touchdowns and a field goal. I mean, you could be up by that easily, and you get a couple – you get two, 14 points of garbage scores and maybe a field goal at yes. the end. It's like all of a sudden you're winning that thing 56-3, and then it finishes up 56-17. I don't even know if that would cover it in the math. Right. 49-17. Like you start getting close on that. It's like, oh, this, this is not good. I Put him back in. I think that happens. Put him back in. Because <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie's got cash in. on the game. <laughs> no, no, hey, wait. Speaking, in there. speaking of 15, though, that's what we did up at Rutgers. Um, we were pitching a shutout, and we put our backups in on defense and things like that, and, some, and they got some crazy plays. And next thing I know, our whole secondary <laughs> went back in to finish the shutout. And it was like maybe 60-something zero, but we won the shutout no, up there. No, you put them back in. <laughs> yeah, we put them, we put them but, back but in. This the is, guys the back the in, thing back is, in. this is a year where you have got to get guys reps. Like, I mean, you've got to make sure, especially those young guys, that they're ready the to DBs, play. Because yeah. who knows what could happen. Someone could pop positive for COVID. Like, all right, now we're on to corner four, yeah. corner five. You know, it's I mean, you have to get these guys some reps and they're playing. But, but do you think, you know, Steel Chambers or Jackson and Jigba is going to have a problem against Rutgers? Okay, but you get the young guys in there. I'm not, they might still torch them. Well, here's the thing. Offense is one thing. Defense, Yeah. you get a guy, if your pass rush isn't quite as good because they have their one, deal, their one offensive line, you've got like two, a blend of twos and threes playing in there, and then all of a sudden you get hit with a double move or some sort of scissors crossing route. And, 
guys are looking at each other because they're all out there. Like, it's like <laughs> Coach Mel Tucker, who's head coach of Michigan State now. He's like, you guys all get in there. You're like church mice. You just sit there. You're only looking at the guy that you're supposed to guard. Not that people are yelling at you, but you're so pumped to play in Ohio Stadium at night. You can't, and it's different because the noise won't be there with the fans. But like, they could tell you what the play is going to be, but you're not even listening. You're just looking at your guy trying to remember exactly what you're supposed to do. Next thing you know, it's. And then the guys behind you scoring a touchdown. No, that's the funny part because that happens on offense too. I remember my first game ever getting in, and it was this Ohio Stadium, and it was crunch time. It wasn't no crunch time. Clearly, we blow out. And uh, I get that's the crunch time for Yeah, it was Bob time to shine. And we get the signal from the sideline, and I forgot to tell the offensive line to play. I go to clap. Yeah. I go to clap. Yeah. My signal. You're like, I got it. <laughs> uh, freaking Jacoby Bourne at the time, because he was a backup for um, Lindsey, was looking back, like, what's the play? I'm like, oh, yeah. Hey, uh, my 13 cap, buddy. <laughs> yeah, they need that info. Um, yeah, so, but I can see that happening, though. That's yeah. a great story. And, Bob, you brought this up with trying to build and then play depth because you never know what's going to happen in this year. I wonder if that might help this week because you guys have all been through these weeks where you're huge favorites. You're at Ohio State. You're playing a lowly opponent. It's got to be hard to stay, you know, focused and locked in on that week because you know you could oh. roll out of bed and, and just destroy Rutgers. Believe me, and Fick used to remind us about that all the time, like, you can't, don't leave your car running in the parking lot when you show up for practice that day. <laughs> you know, he's saying, they, they try to amplify, and this is like, we're playing against ourselves. It's not about the opponent. It's about right. how good are you. And that's what you try to hype up. But this year is just so much different because a lot of times, okay, you know, it's non-conference. There's this. It's a long season. Sometimes you're just playing for the spread to make sure that, hey, this has to look good cosmetically. I think the assumption is now, like, there's three really good teams in Ohio State, Bama, and Clemson. Right. Where they're ranked, one versus three, you know, we're going to figure that out. But you beating Rutgers by, you know, 45 points as opposed to 35 points, I don't think anybody's going to really look at that and judge based upon the polling. Like, you're going to really be judging really one more game, most likely Michigan, maybe mm-hmm. Indiana. Heck, I, I don't even know. But it, it's crazy just the way everybody's kind of falling down. So it's, it's really a beauty contest. But it's a beauty contest with your starters at the beginning yeah. of a game. But I think a, a big aspect of this game is going to be this is a good time for some of your vets and your starters to kind of focus on some of the things that they've had struggled on those first two games. You know what I mean? Going back and film after these first two games, you know, I'm pretty sure all the coaching staff had X, Y, and Z to talk about what you need to work on, what you need to enhance here, enhance there. So this is a game to where you can really kind of focus on, kind of perfect your craft and focus on certain elements of your individual game that's going to benefit the team in the long run because they, the starters are only going to play a short period of time. At the end of the day, yeah, it's Rutgers. And at the end of the day, yes, your vets need reps, but your vets need longevity. This could easily turn into a long season, especially down the stretch. So they're not going to play a whole lot. So what reps that they get, they got to make those reps count. And it's going to come down to you got to make sure you fix the mistakes that week that from which you had the previous week. You know what I mean? So it's going to be a practice run for some yeah. of those guys. Right. But then it's going to be a game run for guys that ain't never played. So it's – it's, it's, it's two sides to, this, to the elements that go into this game. I'd like to add on to what he said because, like he said, you know you're probably going to get two quarters, maybe three quarters max. So as a, as a starter, I always saw those games, you know, unashamedly as a chance to pad your stats. I yeah. know I'm not going to get a lot of plays, <laughs> so I better just That's go real. out there and work as hard as I can for as few plays, you know, for every chance I get to go dominate players that I should dominate. Yeah. And that, that, I hope, is what is still the mentality with some of these starters is that, you know, we know it's Rutgers. It shouldn't be a dogfight. 
So I'm going to get two, three quarters. I want to establish early that, you know, this is my game. And if I can come away as a D lineman with three sacks or, you know, Chris Olave with three touchdowns, I'm doing everything I can. Including maybe not doing your job and trying to get the board. You know? Hey, no, I'm going to board what I was supposed to do and try to be the hero. Yeah. And go get the because don't think that ha- doesn't happen Surely either. that didn't happen no. to any freelancing That's, linebackers. I don't I think, think them guys would be good. There's no way. Oh, believe me. When we play games like this, Fick hey, oh, would be up everybody because he knew. Those guys know, especially when it's 21 nothing in the first quarter. You guys know they're starting to feel it. They're starting a little rotation. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It's like, hey. Yo, yo, like, oh, I just, I, I thought he was doing this, coach. Like, <laughs> yo, you're not playing, you're not playing as a defensive end in the backside running down the line. You're playing for them to run that food. And you're just, all of a yeah. sudden the back winds out 15 yards and they, they know, like, you're running back trying to, trying to hold your head. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't look at the sideline. It's like Medusa when you look at me, turn to stone and they pull you out. If yeah. I don't see them, they can't see me. All right. I think, the, I think they'd be jacked up to play this game. I mean, they're playing against a former coach and a couple of former oh. players. Mm-hmm. I think they'd be jacked up to run the score up on the defense. I can, the defense. I can defense is yeah, for sure. Right. The defense. And I guarantee you, they Coach better. Parker are going to have them guys on fire, the strength coach, because he was the head strength guy there. Yeah. Yeah. And I know when we used to play Rutgers, when Coach Ash was the guy there, we was like, let's run it up so we could make a point. <laughs> 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 hey, Coach, remember that? You know, stuff like that. Good to see you, Coach. <laughs> hey, good luck next week. Yeah. You know, so, so I think the guys will be up and juiced up for the game, and uh, I think they put up 60 on these guys. I have a crazy feeling that BB wants to run up the score on Saturday night. I don't know why, but he did have, oh, you he did have to suffer through that 2018 season. Greg Schiano's last uh, hurrah here. Uh, I don't know if my opinion might be suited <laughs> for this second. Are, any, the, are no. any of the DBs left? I'm trying to think. John Wade. Wade. John Wade. Wade. Yeah. Yeah, Wade, Wade. There I was, think Wade would be the only one. There was a couple of practices as BB could attest to. Marcus, Marcus Hooker, too. Marcus, yeah, Marcus Hooker. It was, it was bumpy. It was bumpy, to say that. Bumpy is an understatement. I mean. <laughs> we was about to be in practice bumping with his ass at some point. Oh, it was, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to call it for what it is. This is real uh, talk oh here, people. Don't oh let him in run. You get unfiltered. I Come on, BB. Sw- hey, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> he wanted to be Bobby Fisher some days. Like, it, it, this ain't chess, baby. <laughs> you don't got to do that. Like, it's not that hard. You got 30 different checks for one motion. It's, it's not that it's, it, you don't have to do that. So, like, I'm curious to see what they do because at the end of the day, like, him going from a team like Ohio State where you can maybe they can attest that. to this. Yeah. One uh, one of Coach Fix's rules back in the day was if we can't beat a team in the base defense, we're not gonna beat them. Yeah, Mm-mm. I'm not about to. We're not about to run 20, 30 different blitzes and checks. If we got yes. to do all that, we're not gonna win the game. Yes. So it's like it is what it is. Yeah. Let your Kahuna's drop and go play big man ball. Yep. Not so much with Coach Ciano, so I'm interested to see how his players respond to that coaching style. I knew it just didn't, it didn't work when I played. Right. It, it didn't juice you up. I, you know, there's a difference between being a D coordinator and being the head coach. Yeah. And you don't have to have that anymore, right? And I, yeah. I don't know because he's, he's, he's very – I've heard stories about He has to have his hands coach. in everything, and that's, that's a concern. He has to have his hands in everything. These now fries are amazing. I, 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 I can probably wish he had them. his hands amazing. in these fries right he, now. He, he probably <laughs> he needs to have his hands in more than that, but it is what it is. Buckeyes. It's, it's a fry. Buckeyes. It's a ice cold Coors Light. Uh, Bob, you brought this up. So you, you guys weren't in the league with Rutgers, but I'll ask all five of you. Maybe it will be Rutgers for those you know, three. You know what my, my knowledge of Rutgers is? There was a game. I think for Sega Genesis called Game Breakers back in, like, okay. 1995. Yeah. And I remember it was 95 because it was Terry Glenn, Eddie George. Ohio State had, like, four Game Breakers. It was, like, the most you, that they had. 
you'd list them up, you'd find the team. And I don't even think they had the rights. It was like Columbus yeah. and had a block <laughs> out, you know, kind of a pseudo block <laughs> yeah. out. It was like Bobby Hoying, Terry Glenn, uh, Eddie George, Ricky Dudleg. It was awesome. And we went to the only team that didn't have any game breakers was Rutgers. Oh, wow. <laughs> zero. Some zero never, game breakers. Some things never change. That's like this, brutal. I mean, dude, I grew up in the Big Ten footprint. You knew a lot of college. First of all, where the heck is Rutgers even at, number one? They're like, how can they not have a single guy? Not one. Not one, not one dude. Like, we used to say, like, listen, if you can beat us with Rutgers, you can beat anybody. You know? Like, you take the guy with no game breakers. It was unbelievable. And so then I finally, you know, I got older, figured out, oh, it's the state land grant institution in the state of New Jersey. Yeah, it sounds good, except they've never really been good outside of like a two or three year window that Greg Schiano kind of got them there. But it's in the Big East. They probably they'd be so much better if they were the University of New Jersey, yes, or New Jersey State. Probably. Like oh, it dude. sounds stupid, but NGS. Nobody wants to go to a place called Rutgers. Where that come from? I don't know. Yeah. Who cares? I, give us the history. I, I, they started football. I don't want to. It, Mike, you, I already got into Rutgers and how much I hate going These there fries earlier are this week. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I was just going to ask like, who the team was that you were least interested to play when you were in college. Oh. And you guys didn't get to play against Rutgers. So. It would have to be. It was always fun because their fans were entertaining. Their student section was enter, really entertaining. It was Indiana. Yeah, they were. They, they knew. They knew they didn't have a they, chance to they win. Are you talking about Joe Bradley? Oh, <laughs> they used to, I must have said that. No, I'm sorry that you're listening, but this is so funny, though. It was amazing. <laughs> but they, would, they had all these. They would do, like, scouting reports in the game. It's dead silent there. Because and we're beating the brakes yeah. off. We're, like, you know, there's more Ohio State fans than Indiana fans. They were all super sauced up. We had a guy named Joe Bradley. He it's may have been premature, prematurely balding a little bit, and they called him Joe Baldy. <laughs> Tell us stories about World War II, Grandpa Joe. And like, Fink's trying to make, make justice on the sideline. And these dudes are like, they're like 10 feet behind you, just yelling right down there the whole time. It was so funny, and you're winning by 28 points. So like trying to take it seriously, but yeah. you can't. Yeah. And then the, the highlight of my time in Indiana, I used Grandpa to love telling, telling Rothman this because he was there. Our senior year, I think we're leaving. I watched this guy and his girlfriend, presum presumably. They're walking out. I can see him talking to her, and she's, like, got a hard sway going. <laughs> We're waiting on the buses because it takes forever to load everybody up. She's got a hard sway going. They're talking, talking. He's, like, trying to take the drink from her. No, 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 I'm good, I'm good. And then I watch her just throw up all over his feet. And then we're still scooting. You're like, like another half hour sitting there. And I'm like monitoring the situation. It's the best entertainment we have. We have smartphones in college, man. Yeah. So this was the entertainment. <laughs> we're sitting here watching this. And then all of a sudden I see her like, he gets her going, like cleans himself off after he yells at her or whatever. They walk. And like literally 20 feet down the line, they get to a tailgate. And I watch her take a beer, crack it, and go out. Go on, like, that is awesome. It is like, it's 430. And you're still ready to go. Got it. Got so good for that. you. Yeah, no doubt, man. I, you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't even remember what happened yesterday. <laughs> but I do remember Joe Baldy and Joe Grandpa Baldi. Joe. All right. So for yeah. you two, it was Indiana, not Rutgers. You three? I'll say Illinois. Uh, Illinois was just you. every time you flew in, the plane's freaking jumping around. You don't know if you're going to land or not. And then the hotel wasn't really nice. And then you get to go play. Usually the weather's not great. Either it's chilly or it's rainy. Maybe. And then you, you go play this game where Illinois got talented players, but they're obviously not a good team. So you, you can't really just slack off. You still got to play the game hard and be on your, your P's and Q's. But they just always it always just felt like a hassle yeah. See, we, to we, play Illinois. We took Illinois took us to double overtime in 02. So it's, yeah. I wish <laughs> yeah. I could say that. They had Brandon Lloyd making like crazy one-hand circus catches. So it was a little more stressful than, than it should have been. Hey, 
Cardell? Well, I'm going to have to go with uh, Rutgers. I'm going to have to go with them because they were a um, very vocal team, even when they were down 60. Good. You know, and it <laughs> Don't was just, They were not I easily always, discouraged. Yeah, no, not at all. And I always just that say, man, fight. Just, yeah, just looking at them guys like, man, they don't even have the size, let alone the talent, to compete. You know, guys used to go for three, 400-plus yards rushing on the ground and, right. and then put in the backups and things like that. I mean, I got my glory time versus Rutgers, so I'm not – that ashamed of it, but Rutgers, I definitely didn't enjoy playing them at all. I'm going to have to say Rutgers, too. And Rutgers definitely blew it for me my freshman year. Remember we had to play them as a night game? Oh, gosh. 7 o'clock game. It was so there. bad. They didn't I even have – That's what I'm talking about. When they put, yeah, that's, when they put the, that's when they put the DBs back in. They, oh. didn't, they <laughs> couldn't sell out half of their stadium, and it was cold. Yeah, that's pretty cold. <laughs> I was so mad. From that day on, I hated playing well, Rutgers. Was that they, the, and like Cardell said, like they are, they like to very go. vocal. Rutgers they is a noon. Vocal. They're a noon game. Putting them at night is an embarrassment tonight. We need games. to make that a. I, I don't like waking up early. That needs to be an eight a.m. game. I'm not gonna lie. Eight a.m. Get it out the way so I can enjoy the rest of the night. It's like a JV game in high school. Go right to short Wednesday eight a.m. I can catch happy hour. Like I don't know about that one, man. That night game was that the one on the road? They had the guys with the cannon just sitting there. Yes. Nothing to do. Exactly. But they. But I'm telling you, we went up. I don't know x amount of points, and they get some circus catches and things like. That and now they're like on our 30. We put the Coach young guys Cole in. Put, Coach, I know. And put Coach Cole put the whole secondary <laughs> back in. <laughs> Did we get a freaking interception off the tip and just like kneel the ball? But yeah, yeah. that's gotta, awesome. Got to handle business against Rutgers. That's going to be one of the five picks. It's time for the Silver Bullet pick segment. Sure. The last thing we're doing tonight on weekend kickoff brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. Everybody had a winning record, so Schlegs, you finally don't have to wear the L this week. Yes, that's amazing. Happy for you, Schlegs. So yeah, thank you. That's on a one-week hiatus. I should have won this week. I should have won. <laughs> you can get it back next week, no problem, if you want. Okay. Well, he, he – yeah. Yeah, so you're gonna I'll, I'll probably earn it back. During the break, Mike Bennett predicted he's going to go 5-0. and oh. I, I don't even think it's really a question. So he wants to win that, that pot. Yeah, that's the case carrying over. Pot's carrying over. over. <laughs> <laughs> we got to all throw in 20 more bucks, pot carryover. Got it. All right. Rolling over. I like that. The skins game. I like that. Yeah. Skins game. Winner take all. Okay. Starting with uh, number one, the rivals at Indiana. Cardale, we know your rules. I got Indiana. <laughs> you don't even know the I got spread. Indiana. I don't care. Wol- <laughs> I don't care. Wolverines are favored by three against these mighty uh, undefeated Hoosiers. Actually, I think I saw it three and a half. We got we to gotta go back and look at these lines. Hey, when they're locked they in change the, so They change so much. You get them when you get them, Schlegs, okay? That's part of gambling. It doesn't, it doesn't adjust. Our, the one we created earlier, Georgia was six. I just looked Georgia three and a half. I'm just like, I just got screwed. I picked Georgia. Well, nah, we'll put three for Georgia on the screen. So. <laughs> that's cool. No, I got, I got Indiana. Hey, Indiana. Phoebe. Are you... Couple against Michigan. I don't know. I think this is one that's not going to be close. I think Indiana looked good um, against Penn State. You, nobody expected them to be able to hang with them. I don't think they're consistent enough. I was looking at some stats. Their their third down conversion percentage is god awful. I think Michigan. You can't replicate Michigan versus Michigan State. That's just that's a rivalry game. Everybody here should know that Michigan State will surprise you in rivalry games. That's just what they do. And I think that Michigan is still a good team. They got. Knocked around by Michigan State a little bit. Indiana's not going to do that to him. Yeah, what's the spread? Three. Three. I'm with you, man. I mean, hey, hey, you got one out of two, and then you get us. You be one for three. That's a breakthrough year. Yeah, it's a breakthrough. I don't know. I'll go. The with problem go, is, I, I, str- I struggle with this, but I'll be go, brave, I'll, Schlegs. I'll go with them. The problem is, 
is Michigan State, I watch get – now, they turn the ball over a lot, but I watch them get beat a up lot. by Rutgers. Right? Yes. Beat up. And then turnovers I watch them – Nine turnovers. I understand that, but it wasn't like, like – I mean, Rutgers was causing some of those. Okay, though. I'll go like, with Indiana. Or, Whoa. Oh, no. Whoa. <laughs> no, 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 but, but listen. More than Mary. And so here's the thing. Like, if you watch, if you go back and watch their game, Indiana was able, or Michigan State was able to move the ball. They did a good job throwing it. Like, Indiana, the one thing they can, they throw, they they throw, can throw the football, They throw the football well. They can throw it. They throw the football really well. Always Michigan have. State was able to pick up critical first downs when throwing the ball. And I think the, the verdict might be out a little bit on Milton, where the fact that like, yeah. they just played off. Like, dude, we'll, we'll give you the underneath stuff. Throw for three yards. You know, we'll, we'll tackle, rush up and tackle it. Like, you know, we'll press it there. We're not going to give you any home runs. We'll make you throw those intermediate stuff. We're going to attack the short stuff, play off, attack short, force you there, and not give up anything deep, and there's no big plays. Like, they didn't really have an answer. They didn't have an answer against a team that was lost to Rutgers the week before. <laughs> I turned that game on. I'm like, this is unbelievable. It was the third quarter. I was, came back for my kids. I, I – I'm going to go, if you're going to give me three, like, I'm going to go with Indiana. I think this hey, is going to be a close game. Oh, I want all the smoke. I, uh, this one is, is tough for me because I got several of my gambling rules that are going head-to-head, which is one, never back Jim Harbaugh in any situation. Yeah. No, no. Especially never bet. when it matters, especially against a ranked opponent, right? And stay away from any game that ever involves Indiana because a bunch of weird stuff is going to happen. Yeah. But the only, so the only thing that tips me towards the Hoosiers here is – Michigan's secondary was so freaking awful last week. Yeah. And if Penix, Penix and those wide receivers, you know, you're going to get some PIs, you're going to get some big plays. Either yeah. one will work for you to win that game. And I think Jim Harbaugh's got one foot out the door, and I told you two weeks ago to get ready for a four-win Michigan this year. But last week you reversed that. Well, I was scared of it. Last week you said, but now I'm back Minnesota was worse. You can't keep doing that. You can't keep doing that. But I, I did predict four wins. I don't think right. Michigan gotta, loses another game until us. And I'm on, pa- I'm on pace. These are incredible. Because I thought they so. beat Michigan State. I'm not going to lie to you. Jim That's Harbaugh. crazy. That's you're crazy. So keep going Jim back Harbaugh, and forth. No, you're right. Make a donation to my children's fund because he's getting paid too much to be as bad as they are. But still, if they finish with four wins, I'm going to claim it. I'm taking Indiana. Okay, game two. We're leaving the Big Ten. Florida. In Georgia, the world's uh, largest cocktail party, socially distanced cocktail party, I guess, this year. Uh, the dogs are favored by three against Darth Vader and the Gators. I got uh, Georgia. It's Georgia, and it's I at got, home at Georgia, right? Well, that's, that's, uh, so here's the this thing. Is, you have I one team. Y'all are tripping. And this is, in Jack- is this still in Jacksonville? Yeah, neutral site. Neutral site. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a play in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go I got – no, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead. You got it. All right. Well, you have one team that has a, a really good quarterback but not as talented everywhere else. The other team is a really pretty, a pretty great roster, just no quarterback. Right, exactly. And so like, you're trying to figure out which is more important here. Kyle Trask is really good for Florida. He can do some really good things. The roster's good, but it's not as good as Florida's. Florida has, or Georgia. Georgia has no quarterback. Right. Like, that was exposed against Alabama. So you play another team with equal talent or close to it. I think the quarterback matters immensely. Georgia's favored by three. So if you're going to give me three points in, in the Gators, I'm going to take that. Kyle Trask is a big-game quarterback, man. I think he's gonna, he'll get it done. They don't have to win. They just can't lose by more than three. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, that's how it works. Who are you taking? I'll take Florida. Okay. <laughs> I don't, you know that's, what? I don't even remember who I picked. Here, let me go down here. That's no, I'll go with Georgia. Oh, see, he's taking, oh God, he's taking all four teams for the first two games. <laughs> yeah. So he's trying every trick he's got. Stop the count and give him the, that L. I did say Indiana. But I picked Georgia, but I, I, I forgot that it was on a neutral site, so I'm going to go with Florida. 
What? Wait, what's happening? I don't know how we're going to decipher Schlage's picks. Hey, Schlage, I'm not going to lie to you. Just let me see. Let me tell you guys something. Here's something I learned in life. It's one of the best, some of the best advice I've, I've ever heard. If you can't convince them, confuse them. Oh, for sure. That's what he's doing. All right, Mike, five and up, five and up. I'm going with the first two. I think Florida, Bobby, I think laid it down really well. When, especially in these rivalry games, you know, I think Georgia has a great defense. I think yeah. Florida, for quite a while now, has had a really good defense. They just haven't had an offense to, to um, put some points on the board. I think in a rivalry game, those defenses are both fired up, and it really becomes who can score the most points, what offense has the most opportunity. I think that's going to come down to Florida, and I don't know how close it'll be. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't watched either one of them play this year. Yeah. The only reason that I'm going with Georgia, Georgia is because Coach KP used to tell me all the time, I look like a bulldog. I'm built <laughs> like a bulldog. Yeah, you so, are. Bet between I'm that a, and, and Zach's uh, affinity for Athens, that's, that's all you need. That's all yeah. you need. So, yeah. I, like I said, I don't know too much about them, so I'm going to go off of uh, experience. I'm going to go Georgia. I'm going – let me tell you why I'm going with Georgia, because clearly got the more talented team and – Okay, like well, they, Bob, you a quarterback, I take Georgia. Sure. Okay, well I appreciate that. Well, like Bob said, <laughs> it's a pretty they low bar though right now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like you said, they lack in a quarterback, <laughs> which they, I like because I got a cowboy hat. But anyways, I got bro. a couple of you. Want like me. you guys said, they lack in a quarterback, but the rivalry games, players, big time players step up, and this is when they're gonna need that quarterback to step up and make a name for himself. I'm banking on one player for Georgia stepping up versus eight other players for Florida stepping up. So I'm going with Georgia, I mean, and they coach is a crybaby. <laughs> from Florida. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to I'm going to take the dogs just cuz I think they'll be able to run the football and play better defense but it's a losing pick. I'm with you. <laughs> I, I, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> I got well plus I got to assume that Bennett's going to actually miss one. He's not going to go 5 and 0. I'm going 5 and 0. That's my spot right there. Okay. Clemson, 6 point favorites without Trevor Lawrence at Notre Dame. Mm. I, I'm going first. Really? Forget this that. I got Notre Dame. I mean I got Clemson. Come on. Notre Dame haven't played anyone and they struggle versus what was that? Uh, Louisville. Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. and then seven. Exactly. Atrocious. And then Boston College went even better, so I'm going with, even though Clemson kind of has to stumble for Boston College. Mm. So I'm going with Clemson. Okay. Come back to me. Okay. okay. Me Notre go. Dame. Ooh. Notre Dame has what? a stellar offensive line, two of which are apparently supposed to be All-American. Yeah. We've got a solid rushing game, Not one of the check. best in the country. What else here? We've got... They're going to establish it early. How I think much homework did you do this a week? A lot, it, it, man. I spent hours got, and hours and hours well pouring over film. Yeah. Training stops when the beer hits the lips. Everybody was excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. Urban said that one time while he was listening to porn star dancing in the locker room. Because <laughs> you know it's true. Listen to that on repeat. I know. Oh. They're on repeat. John Simon loves porn star dancing, and so does that Urban. That's 2012. Hey. <laughs> it lives in infamy. What is wrong with it? That's real. That's real talk. You know why true. I can say that? This is the last because, game we picked. Because we, we ain't here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my hey, God. next week we'll be doing a show right out down the street. <laughs> oh you, hey, hey, everybody's going to come back except Slags. Right, no, no, no bucks. No bucks. So Clemson's offense, you know, everybody got excited because their, quarter, or their uh, young quarterback was able to put up some points on Boston College. Yeah. Notre Dame is not Boston College. True. I think that Boston College had to come downhill and try to stop the run, and then Clemson was able to throw it over the top. I don't think Notre Dame's going to have to make the same adjustments to stop Clemson's run game as Boston College. Mm -hmm. So I think Notre Dame has a decent offense. You know, definitely they lean on the run, so they're going to have to establish, establish that. Clemson's not a slouch in the run game, but <laughs> I think Notre Dame's going to be able to pull this out. You know what? That's really good homework, and I can understand why you would make that point 
And I, is that Bigsby High School I'm looking at? They got some striking machines. That's sweet. Anyways, that being said, I'm going to go with Clemson, and I'm going to go with them because Notre Dame is 0-20 versus top five teams, people. Let's not forget that. Who have yeah. they played? They're 6-0. and What better They're, time to, to what win? What better time than <laughs> now? Better time. Let me that, say, that's from a Rage Against the Machine yeah. song, I think, somewhere at the end of that. Yeah. Okay. All right, so I'm, I'm taking Clemson. The worst logic you can ever have is they're due. They're due. I don't. You've, you've told me that a time last or two. Week, hey, make your horrible. pick. I love it. Who did they, they, play they, they play last week? Who? They got Notre Dame. It was like 14 to 7. No, it was 12 to 7. They played Louisville a couple okay. weeks ago. No, well, who did they play last week? Didn't they play? They might have been off. No, I think they no, did. No, they did play Georgia Tech. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, Tech. Was it a blowout? 30, yeah, they, 38-17. 38-17 or 14. They beat Georgia Tech pretty good. Yeah. I watched that Louisville game driving to Penn Driving to Pittsburgh to go nauseous. see it was gross. to go see my man Romo, and I was just disgusted. I almost threw up on my lap while I was <laughs> watching my phone, leaned against my my window windshield. Highly advisable. Hey, you got to see the whole field. Carter. Super safe. See the whole field. Peripheral vision. That's key. Yeah, it's critical. I'm going to take Clemson in this. Travis Etienne, I think, is the best player on the field. Notre Dame is good. I don't think they have the number of elite athletes that Clemson does. And the fact that Clemson was down big at halftime of the game. And came storming back Bowling to win. Green. Boston College. Boston College. <laughs> yes. This is it the same team? Same team, basically. I'm not saying they're not. But I'm going to tell you what. The worse the team, when you're down big, the, worse, the more the pressure is, the hotter the pressure is. That's right. The more intense it is. Because if you should be winning, believe me, it doesn't feel good. You guys are never in yep. those situations. I was on teams with bad offenses. We gave up a couple touchdowns. When you're losing, it feels real bad. Like the, whole, <laughs> like the world's closing in on yes, you. Yes. Why, why can't you stop them to zero points? Yeah. I, those were the expectations. I don't remember. It's a great learning experience because, how do you pronounce his name? Is it Tua? Uh, uh, DJ? Uh, DJ Ungalele. Ungalele? I, I think it's close. It's close. Right, cool. There may have been like Ungalele. There might be like an extra lay in there. Maybe. Who knows? I know how to spell but, it. But like being down like that and him coming out. And Carl, you, it's, a, it's his first yeah. start. Yeah. Dude, you're down that big. He could have easily come out and thrown three more picks in the second half. Right. Exactly. And like just trying it's to press. Pressing. You yeah, got to exactly. go. We can't lose. I can't be the guy. Yeah. I can't be that guy. And so that, that showed me that he, you know, he was made of something. He learned a little bit. I think they handle Notre Dame. I don't think it's. I think it's outside of ten points. He, he's big too. He's like six something, oh, two fifty. Real no, meaty. Definitely, a, definitely talented. Thick. No question yeah. about that. Thick. Berman like and, and I went out and saw him play last year in high school. It's just a he, he's a different looking character. He's teammates with Court Williams at St. John Bosco. Impressive kid, but he's not going to be impressive enough to beat Notre Court Dame. Court Williams. This week. Thank um, you. Someone rational. For real? Yeah. yeah, for real. Someone I mean, rational. look at the way. I think Clemson has legitimate concerns on defense. And you look at their availability report every week, they're missing almost every first-choice starter. Now, they're still good enough to beat everybody in, in the true ACC, and, I, and I'm prob- I might regret backing Notre Dame's talent, but the rush defense is good enough. I think they can make it an uglier game, uh, and they can score enough points on the ground against a suspect Clemson defense. Here's win. the thing that's going to kill you. Is it supposed to be, like, pretty nice? If you would have told me you were giving me 30 and some snow, yeah. I'd be all over Notre Dame in this one. Taking them out of the southeast. But like, literally, the one time a southern team is coming north <laughs> in November, you get this. Yeah. This nonsense. It's, it's great. I'll take it. But if I was playing Clemson coming to Ohio State or Bama, I would be furious. I would be praying every day, like, this is what you give me of all the things. Of all the days. Of all the days, this is the day you give hey, me this weather. This is what I will say. I love women, right? Now, no disrespect to women. Weather up here 
a white woman. Bipolar. You don't know what the hell you're going to get when you wake up. <laughs> bipolar. The weather report bipolar does weather. no justice. I know you married. I'm not. So we good. You don't got to worry about it. You don't got to <laughs> agree or disagree. So you'll sleep on the couch. We good. But I'm going to be that jock. I'm going to go with <laughs> Mike right here because did, he did his homework. I didn't. So I'm about to copy him. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Yeah, that's teamwork. <laughs> All right. That's teamwork. That's teamwork. Team that's right. like me going into one of the finals that I never I never went to class showing up. One eye closed. Hey, don't expose like, hey, too much. Hey, if it's right, A tap once, if it's B tap twice, we're good. Don't seeing, worry about it. I'm seeing double. <laughs> <laughs> One, one, C's all the way down. <laughs> one word answer so we can I'm wrap up kidding. with the Buckeyes. Stanford at Oregon. Oregon's favored by ten and a half. This game. Stanford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stanford. Oregon, not even close. Who knows? It's a Pac-12. Everybody's undefeated. Nobody cares. And they already lost the team to COVID. Uh, I'm Oregon. Th- Oregon. I'm, I'm, laying, I'm laying the ten and a half. Like, Oregon's the only good team in the Pac-12. That was like a, a Lee Corso breakdown right there for Schlegs. I love yeah. it. I'm going to take the Ducks as well. Quack, uh, quack. Who bro. knows anything about it? All right. This is the one, the only one anyone here really cares about. Ohio State. That was easy. Uh, Rutgers yeah. at Ohio State. The, the line 38. is 38. Oh, my goodness. Ohio so State. Cardell has no Ohio problem State. with it. He's so big. It. Oh, wait. What's your score then? A lot to a little. Uh, yeah. That's a hard prediction. I'm going to go 55 to. 10. I'm not even going to give you a prediction. I, I don't know. A lot to a little. <laughs> I just know it's going to be OH. That's, that's all I can give you. Okay. Hopefully it's a shutout. I pray it is. This is my only pick that I'm not sure of, and I'll say Ohio State. 38 is a lot, and everything that these guys have said earlier, that's tough, especially in a season that matters this much. You're going to get your starters out as soon as possible, but I'm still going to go Ohio State. What's your score? I don't remember. I gave it on Monday. What was it? 60-something to... 66 to, like, 6 something. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get a touchdown. I'll say 6. 59 to 10. That's... Uh, the only thing, like... Greg's, All right, 52 to 10. Greg Schiano <laughs> is a real proud <laughs> here dude. Comes, here comes 10 more predictions. That's the only problem. Yeah, he yeah. might run the football the Greg's, entire time. Greg Schiano run the football the entire time, be down... 45 points and leave his starters in to get two <laughs> I'm dead serious. Yeah. That's real. That's, he'll do no, that. I agree with you on he's that. The, he's the dude to, kicking the field goal at the end of the game, like yeah. running two minutes to get a field goal. Like that's like the Bengals did versus the Ravens. Yes, that's 100%. But like, I'll take Ohio State. I don't feel great about it just because it's a weird year. In a normal year, boom, taking them, yeah. Yeah. all good. 38, don't feel good about it. I'm in Cardale's camp. I'm going to go. 56-10. I'll give him one more point. All right. 38 points to me is no problem with this team. Yeah, we know you're predicting. I don't. <laughs> 600. I don't care at all. I, you know, and I don't, I talked about this uh, with you guys on Monday at Roosters and talked about it with Berm throughout the week. Like, Ohio State in the second half can't just run out the clock. Those guys have to play. They've got to get reps. And those guys are all better than anyone Rutgers has. C.J. Stroud's got to play at quarterback. Steel Chambers has got to get carries. And all those guys are going to score. Mm. And I don't have any problems with the defense. I hate everything about what Rutgers stands for. <laughs> what do, what so, do they stand for? Well, Greg mediocrity. Greg Schiano. No, 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 not even mediocrity. Leave the Scarlet Knights for who? It's going to be 84 to nothing. Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. You, uh, you dialed it back a little I bit. I took seven points off of it. Yeah. Last year, I picked 91 off. to nothing. <laughs> it was reasonable. And they were on the way. They were on the way to 91 to nothing. One not going to score. The, the momentum shift on a muff punt. I've never seen a team score more than 76. <laughs> and that's when they kind of took off 
Yeah, it's going to happen. I, I hope so, for all of our sakes. All right, that's that's it. That's the prediction. Everybody's picking the Buckeyes to cover on Saturday night. Rutgers looking forward to uh, just a chance to watch the Buckeyes play, see if they can get better, uh, get ready, and move up those poles again. They have them in the top four already. Look forward to the college football playoff. Cardale Jones, B.B. Landers, Michael Bennett, Anthony Schlegel, Bobby Carpenter. This has been Weekend Kickoff at Urban Meyer's Pint House, brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. Thanks, everybody, for joining us and for everybody for watching. I am just Austin Ward. We'll see you next week right back here for Weekend Kickoff. O-H. Oh. Oh.